Welcome back to an all-new installment of the uh, Super Metal Brothers podcast, where it's cruelty and the boldness. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. We are getting a bit excited, Danny. We're in March, and uh, we've actually looking into getting into some more uh, interviewing with uh, guests and our show. And we should announce uh, very soon that we'll be having a special guest coming on the show very soon, Danny. But I think we should tease it up a little bit longer, maybe announce it later on in the week. Yeah, no, definitely right. You don't give the fans what they want. You, you tell them what's happening. <laughs> and, oh, shit, stuff's happening. It makes it makes a week more excitable because yeah. no one looks forward to work. So. Silent, Silent Hill made a, uh, a killing on giving people the sandpaper and just letting it rub on themselves. You know, you're in that fog and you just think when that monster's going to come out and it never really does, but you think it'll come out and then eventually it does and, you know, it's all that build-up, you know, intention. And I like to think we can be Silent Hill, just not as intriguing or uh, atmospheric. We do look better in the fog. Yeah, yeah, I'm into that. Uh, but this week, Danny, we, we're going to be talking about uh, some controversial topics. Uh, we, we don't shy away from controversy. And this one, t- particularly, would take the uh, band, uh, Norwegian metal, black metal band, this one. And Wait, Norwegian black metal? Fuck, never I heard know, those no, together. I know, no. what, Who would have thought that would have existed, right? Um, Antifa and mainstream metal. It looks like a lot's been going on, you know. Uh, a lot of people know a little backstory about uh, that these guys have now had their shows cancelled in the United States. We thought we'd like delve really inside it, kind of get a sense of what's going on and help people kind of like get up to speed with it all. We'll see what's going on with it. We're also doing a CD review still. Necrophobic Danny. Yeah, they're also... um, Are they Norwegian black metal as well? I think they might be. Yeah. They, they consider themselves black and death metal bands, but I think we might set the record straight on that too because we've got a lot to say about their latest record as well. But before we get into any of that, Danny, we've got the one thing to do. Let's do the news. We never shy away from the old school heavy metal, hard rock and roll, whatever you're talking about. This is Rainbow here and Richie Blackmore's current incarnation. He's just had another interview and he reckons the uh, current lineup is the best lineup uh, that the band has ever had, Danny. Um, straight off the bat, you know, Long Live Rock and Roll album comes to mind. Uh, Ronnie James Dio being in anything automatically puts something into best band of all time but does he have a point is he right now finally made the band to compliment that sound of his you can just see like Jolyn Turner like sitting on his couch like crying into like a mirror it's like why Richie <laughs> why would you say that but let's say this if he thinks this is the best band to come uh, be put together then I can't wait to see what he does better than Stargaze and Rainbow Rising because that is like the greatest song of all time and I'd love to see what this, apparently this new band can do to top that. Yeah, it's probably like not the best band. It's just been the best talkback band of all time. And the fact that they don't talk back to him. You know, I've noticed when you hear Ronnie James Dio's stories and that, that he's a very strong personality. And eventually having two alpha dogs in the same room, well, one of them is going to come out bleeding. Um, is this really a point of just maybe he's got a band that disagrees with him the most and he just needs that? Maybe. Maybe he didn't like clarify how they're the best band. Maybe like them not having a bigger billion than him makes him the best band. I would believe that the best rainbow band in the last ten years. <laughs> <laughs> when was that? Was that Richie Blackman was Rainbow like album that came 94 out? Ninety four or something. Ninety four. Best twenty years. Yeah. I'd give them that. Because yeah. that that album was bulls, man. Like yeah. you know, maybe he had to play the drummer for it, you know. That was just across the park. Like, and I'm talking like, you know, Amy Stadium Park, you know, not like, you know, down in your reserve where you throw the frizzies at the dog and it humps some guy's leg. I'm talking like, you know, 100,000 people bad. Well, to be fair, they're only going to release like one song this month sometime. So that's a weird, weird claim for best band. Yeah, but, best know. band that only has one song and a cover to their name. Anyway, uh, all that remains vocalist. Phil Labonte has called the Toilet of Hell editor an effing faggot. 
I was going to say it, and I wasn't going to say it. I'm like, no, nah, I'll just commit to it. Danny, this guy, Phil LeBronte, just doesn't give a shit. He knows that the metal media at large don't like him very much. Um, he, he knows, obviously, that I didn't really favor his last couple of albums with that one that remains. I don't understand either. But uh, does he have a point to call someone that? Like, was someone getting under the skin that much that he had to throw it out there? Uh, look, in here, this guy here is like a walking... Uh billboard a welcome newspaper at the moment everybody hates him and he talks bad about everybody it's yeah. uh it's good for, i mean good publicity you know everybody will forget like why he's on the news they just remember his name so for his band it's good yeah well you know it's good to have villains even inside of metal because like who else are you going to talk about you know if everyone was good you'd get bored right so well, maybe yeah. he's just here to make it interesting and um I'd rather he put that anger into putting it towards a really good album but you know maybe just yelling at people on the sidewalks just as good for him Maybe that is his album. Maybe yeah. he's like doing like a, you know, Rob Flint did spoken word. <laughs> Maybe this guy's doing like spoken diatribes. And yeah. He's just recording, everything he says, he just records and that's the new album. Yeah. So his new album is him just walking around. It's like going to go to some Melbourne like uh, art house and it's like, wow, it's so progressive and so forward thinking, you know, like you're creating art every day by being a character. It's like, dude, could you not? Like, <laughs> that's why there's movies, just be an, an asshole for an hour long sitting and yeah. then be nice for the rest of the world. Like we still have to put up with you and serve you coffee. It's not nice hearing how bad it is, you know, eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this guy's just angry because his talent levels are diminishing. Well, you know, even guys like uh, Patrick Mamelli from Pestilence, he even says that I'm not influenced by anything. I don't listen to metal. Is that a bad thing to say as well? Is that a Phil LeBonte thing to say <laughs> for someone that plays pretty heavy metal? No, nah, it's very clever. He's, uh, he said like the first couple of albums, he like was influenced by I think Slayer and DSI or something like yeah. that. Pretty, pretty standard. He says you could hear it. But now he says he doesn't listen to metal, which is very clever because if you don't listen to other metal bands, you can't claim that you've stolen from other yeah. bands. So he's like, no, 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 he's Metallica. Don't know him. Oh, no, I wonder if Pestilence's albums now suck because he's not ripping off bands that are like, you know, better than his. Yeah, that can also happen. Like, because in the end, it's not ripping off, it's being inspired by. Yeah, it, you know? music's a language. You know, could you imagine if no one heard anyone talk what that guy would sound like? It'd sound like what we do pretty much every day. Yeah, that's right. But like with sharing it and getting more ideas and learning how to speak properly and speak more satanic, which I think is the, the, the class for at least, you know, Norwegian and Swedish metal, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah, this band we're reviewing this afternoon or today is uh, yeah. pretty, pretty satanic. Exactly. So. Maybe that's the thing. They, they give up. You can't keep up with the Joneses, so why not at all? Um, even like uh, Ramstein, where they almost went down in flames as well. Uh, a band that I think uh, something, someone with that much success, uh, success, you would imagine that they would come with their troubles as well. Like where to put that $30 million? Like, do you, you put it like in that room? Would he buy a new house for it? I mean, I could see how that would ruin a band, don't you? Yeah, true. But fireworks are expensive these days. So I have a feeling these guys oh, are oh, not yeah. as rich as you think they and, are. And so are those massive duos that fire out white spunk. Like I'd imagine that. And they, they would have arguments of like, how far you want to shoot your sperm cannon. You know, um, you but, know, who's gonna sleep with the porn stars in their film oh, clips? Terrible you know, hard like, work. Oh. All of them surely would be fighting for that kind of thing. Like, how many film clips would they have had to make? How many tries <laughs> are on the cutting room floor of that of that film clip, Danny? Yeah, they got like uh, that's uh, take. Well, like um, you know, every album we have like concept albums. Yeah, Imagine just like a whole concept album. Oh, we got a. The 15 scenes, 15 songs to do today, fellas. The Braziers of metal, I'd imagine. Mm. At least they got you know what they want out of it. And uh, for those who don't know, they've got their film clips out on uh, Pornhub sites and yeah. stuff like that. Is there anything else, the thing that we should think about though, Danny? I mean, is he serious though? Like where Ramstad and was at the brink? Yeah, they're saying that these guys really don't have anything in common outside of the band. So it's like a pure business relationship. And they actually so, it was so bad at one stage writing albums that I think the lead single people had a flight of America not be involved at all in the songwriting process, come back and do their part. 
any of the new album they actually put in like groups like so that they all write on songs individually and they come together at the end so you know whatever works for them they could probably do this like in you know, some kind of monster metallica actually do like a documentary of how they work as a band and mm. just show people it's not always um you know, bubble and squeak well, like uh, in our next story, Dean, with the governor of Pennsylvania recognizing Code Orange for the Grammy nomination, that's pretty impressive having basically your mayor or whatever kind of patting you on the ass and uh, almost getting a finger up there and, uh, you know, making sure your good work goes acknowledged. Now, Danny, we are actually cutting to an essay election ourselves, whether mm. it be, was it Weatherall or Marshall? Marshall, Marshall. whatever, you know. Um, who do you think they should acknowledge in the Adelaide medal scene? Uh, obviously, they should get an award for some of these bands. Who, who do you think. Uh, we should get behind right now. A, a, a leader in the politics should really get behind a medal in, in Adelaide. Yeah, the person I think who we're interviewing next week should definitely get this award. And that person is... <laughs> oh, sorry, there's a, a fly came past. The, you know, the person who we're interviewing next week is... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to edit in some sound checks for that. What about um, Russian model, Danny? Olga Bellamore's entire back is actually one entire Meshuggah uh, tattoo. Yeah. Now, um, I don't know if you guys have seen the last or that Colossal album, but there's a lot of intricate artwork in that. And um, I would like to think that doing that on someone's back would have taken a good part of a, a couple of years. Like, it would have taken quite a long time, I'd imagine. Yeah. But bless this lovely and very attractive girl's heart, um, she did it. And it looks pretty damn awesome. Yeah, it looks awesome. I don't think, you know, there's any chance of a hot girl having Super Metal Brothers tattooed on her arm or... No. You know, so if it, it happens, yeah, oh, look, even if they just kind of like wore a t shirt, you know, <laughs> or yeah. like, yeah, let, the, let, let it stop their dog from peeing on the rug and they're doing that shit. Hey, look, you know, as long as they're people are getting use out of our name, yeah, that's that's great. So, look, if anyone does get a tattoo with us, <laughs> send it in, all right? <laughs> yeah, we'll gladly have you on the show, we'll interview you and just ask the question, why would you even want <laughs> yeah. to? No refunds. <laughs> Ah, what, uh, speaking about refunds, Danny, Smashing Pumpkins, their tour isn't selling as well as they expected. Now, the thing is for me is that I don't really know many people who really, really love Smashing Pumpkins right now. You know, they've failed to really get in the light and they've come back from this hiatus without the bass player, who apparently is a, the iconic member of the band for enough to have people stop buying tickets maybe for it. Who knows? What's the real reason that these things aren't selling? Ugh. That's a good question. I don't know the answer, so I'll come up with answers. Yeah, let's hypothesize. Yeah, Being Super Metal Brothers. Yeah. Um, one is like, I think, poor build-up or promotion for this. I don't yeah. even know they were doing a tour. I think we might have talked to maybe about it once last year yeah. or something. That's maybe it. they realize that Billy Corgan's singing voice isn't fantastic. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not like a one. It's like, it's like the opposite. <laughs> it's I like, mean, uh, they've got some good riffs and stuff, but like that noise... Uh, is tricky and like because I think he's a bit of a, a gene as well yeah. when he talks about things and we'll get into that later on when we talk about the whole take thing and the metal mm. media and stuff but maybe people just go you know what you just haven't released enough good albums from, for us to pretend that you're a good vocalist yeah maybe, maybe everyone who like saw them back in the day thought that's enough I don't have to see him again you've done nothing major since then that's enough yeah Maybe, uh, and again, look, the guy's bold, so obviously we, we sympathize with his uh, struggle <laughs> to get through in life uh, on your look, looks, so that well, might be enough. It also might like determine like what venues he's booking out. I'm not sure. He, maybe he thinks he's doing like stadium gigs, mm. and he's booking out like Madison Square Garden, and he's like, you know, no. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe he's getting over-guessing. Over I'm not sure, but at the end of the day, it's going to be tricky for him to kind of recover from this. However, if you are a Smashing Pumpkins fan... This might be the last chance to ever see him because I don't think they're going to try to do this again. Just saying. Bill Bird, Danny, your boy, slams himself for not seeing Pantera alive. And the comic is actually learning bleed at the moment from Meshuggah, which is 
not an easy song. Like your feet are quite demanding, and it's uh, even for the band they quite struggled for a long time getting the uh, you know getting the muscle memory up to speed. What do you like about Bill Burr so much? And now Danny, he loves metal. What do you really love about him right now? I mean, the metal part's awesome, but like, this guy here is like most relevant and genius comic going around currently. And angry too. Angry, but everybody's angry. So yeah, yeah that's cool. But like I saying, he's um he's a massive like hard rock, glam rock, metalhead. Loves ACDC, loves Led Zeppelin. I think he grew up with the whole like you know, uh, Sunset Strip type thing. And apparently his new drum teacher told him to go to a Sugar concert like about a month ago, and he freaked the hell out because he goes because um, everything's a different beat but he picked it up they're like you know the drummer's feet are playing different to his hands but the crowd knows to go to, with his hands that's right and the guitarists are playing different to the drums that's and he right. freaked them out but he saw everybody like got it and yeah. he's like man anytime we should come down again I'm definitely going to check them out so he loves it man oh it's fantastic and uh, being from Sweden it is a fair trip for him so he respects uh, you know the, the lug and the band himself being great I mean ignore what we said about the latest album you know, even though we didn't like it, they've got plenty of riffs out there and plenty of songs out there that are awesome. Um, yeah. So, and and not seeing Pantera live. You know, I had a chance to see them play live as well in Adelaide. And at the time, I was just never a Pantera fan. I think knowing what happened to them, it's good to get on that wagon because apparently I heard that um, the, the Dimebags, like Whale, his... Um, you know, that dime, dime bomb. bomb he does was so loud that literally, like, it went right through you. You could feel it, and oh, that would have yeah. been awesome. Like, it's like performing one car where it's like, yeah, like, that's awesome. I mean, like, you're sure you're, you're, you're bleeding, and you, all you hear is, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is this feedback at a, at a, at a, at a yeah. racing Man, thing? I don't get fans here. All the songs sound the same. <laughs> but how, how old would you have been, though? Ah, uh, 12, 13, yeah, yeah. I think it was at the time when uh, when the last time they came to Australia. Yeah. But uh, never mind. Hey, look, we, we all regret things. Dan, is there any band that you regret not seeing that um, now are no longer here anymore or broken up or maybe never come back to Adelaide? Uh, no, nah, I mean, the only band I wanted to see, of course, was Dio, but he never came down as Dio, so I really couldn't ever see him. We you saw him, though? Saw him for like Black Sabbath, but I would have liked to have seen him for Dio. So. Mm. But, but again, I didn't have the chance, so it's a bit hard to say that, you know. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, for me as well, like uh, pretty much anything now, because I mean, like, we don't get to see um, Old Man's Child, I never would have seen them, like Scar, Symmetry, bands like that. Just in, in Australia, it's really tricky because the bands that are underground for them is going to be even harder for us, so... Look, let's finish it off, Danny, with one more story. Um, I guess I want to talk about the limited edition Guns N' Roses figurines that are out. Um, I'm not a Guns N' Roses fan, but I saw these figurines, and I was kind of like, damn, they're pretty good. You reckon? <laughs> yeah, I liked them. <laughs> I thought they appreciate it. <laughs> so there you go. That at the uh, highest point, me and Daniel can't agree on shit. So I guess with that, we can move on to our uh, feature presentation this week, the podcast question, or more of just a uh, the insight onto what's going on in the case of Take. The metal media and Antifa. I don't think this would be funny. <laughs> Let's try to make it as funny and lighthearted as possible, even though we really feel like yelling. It's like we can't go Bill Burr on this. Like, if we're going to yell, we have to do an exaggerated joke. But let's move on to it anyway. So bad news out there for United States lovers of black metal and all things black metal because not only has Marduk had some problems, but now we've seen the band Take have their whole entire tour cancelled. Now... There's a lot of layers to this. It's not as just as simple as a bunch of people wanted this thing to go away. So everyone's like, okay, so that went away and everyone agreed to it. This is literally a whole thing. Now, we got Take, we've got Antifa, and we've got a couple in the mainstream media as well who have all been playing a part in this. So, Danny, where should we really start tackling the controversy of 
having a band um, delayed, basically cancelled from a protest. And I use that term pretty loosely, as we'll talk about later on. Yeah, it's a uh, you're right. It's many faceted problem and question. This like where to tackle from and where to go from. We had one person, one of our fans, who decided yeah. to give a bit of um their say onto the matter, which we appreciate because again, it's a very delicate topic and very controversial. People are very opinionated on and want to say what they want to say or kind of stay away from it. Let it hopefully it goes down the wash. But uh, Steve Lehman had to say, it's great. I think he's being sarcastic, but who knows? <laughs> it's great. Prove that if someone says or does something you disagree with, you protest it until it gets banned. That's how we get everybody to think correctly, in quotations, like correctly, in 2018. Uh, by the way, I think takes suck and that lead singer is a dick. And I think the lead singer being a dick is a crucial part yeah. of the story. Yeah, because this is kind of like a personality that's infringed on other personalities kind of thing. Now, um, yeah, like you said, regardless of um, anyone's take on the band itself, like like Hitler Sieveling was saying, and he's pretty sensible, I think, with his uh, comment, um, it really is uh, down to now. We'll, we'll talk a bit about everything, I think. Now, should we talk a little bit about um, the band itself, I think, before, before we get into it, or just go straight into Antifa? Oh, no, I mean, I think, yeah, we'll talk about take so people understand who they are. Like, so, Again, and there, there is a bit of controversy which has followed the band in the past, but not much, yeah. to be fair, to a band. He's been around since, like, I think 1999, something like that, about 20 yeah. years or so. So apparently in 2007, they, uh, they got in trouble because the lead singer decided to wear a um, a shirt in, a, in Germany, a German shirt of a swastika, and he had an iron cross around his neck, which is apparently... Oh, no, that was in another country. Yeah. But he had, he had the swastika shirt in Germany, and apparently that's illegal. I think in Germany, you can't do it. And The swastika in Germany, you can't wear. Yeah. yeah it's like promoting. It's basically like saying, like, uh, yeah, it's back on now, and it's like... Yeah. Even to this day, Daniel, in Germany, some people still deny that yeah, it even the Holocaust happened. happened. The Holocaust yeah. even happened. It's still a sensitive topic, but yes. the people who were... Like when we went to go see the actual camps and stuff, they say like the people who are alive there, they want to share their stories and people to actually talk about it. So although it's lined up, it still to this day resonates with a lot of people. And yeah. So that's a good way to start, Danny. Keep going. Yeah, so what happened? He wore that shirt and got in trouble. And what happens that in his in his words, like the uh, singer name is Host, I think it's pronounced Host. Yeah. Something like Host. that. H-O-E-S-T. Yeah. Yeah. He came and said, look, I don't believe in Nazis. I don't like Nazis. I just did it because I knew it would piss people off. Mm. And that's that's the big part of the story. And unfortunately, people don't care about that because what apparently he got they, they stopped the show and they kicked the guy out. And then what made it worse, this host guy um, called the um, promoter. A, it's a certain word that what the Germans used to call the Jews to mean like yeah. low-class people. So he right. used that word to classify the German over the bar and then see yeah. you can go suck a and unter Meinsk I cannot pronounce German this is going to be awkward oh, but um yeah exactly inferior race is a kind of the term yeah. or exterminate they were exterminating or something yeah. inferior race they were exterminating yeah so again it sounds like him just being a dick because he knows he'll piss people yeah. off saying that term and he decided to call a guy that knowing that it's going to cause a, ra- a raise not because he wants you. To, he thinks you're that person just because he he's a dick and he wants he hate and he's just he's, yeah, he's been yeah. a child. This guy, you know, that's I think the, yeah. what he is. Oh, look, he just calls it. For, he's just calling things what it is. I guess you know how he or the way he sees it. You know, and so does black metal. Uh, I'd imagine in, not in just individuals, but some of the the topics. Now, another one was Glasgow in Scotland when he was sporting that crossed out star crescent. That's what you're talking about with the 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 um, Islam thing. You know, the whole and that uh, that's got. Uh, another bunch of people um, getting into it, which was more metal mainstream. I think Antifa were really more, and all that, on these protest groups focusing around 
the um, the, 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 the that was it. The, the German the, the the swastika, you know, that was definitely their go to, you know. But there is a little bit of Islamophobia as well that they can go to just for that one reason, and also um, a song lyric, Danny. Now you've gone through entire taste discography for lyrics. How much did you find of them actually being Islamophobic or really, you know, going after Islam or, you know, the prophet or what did we got? Yeah, so going from the, um, again, all of the song lyrics are pretty much uh, Norwegian. Fair enough, they're a Norwegian band. So there's a website called Dark Lyric, which is a good website for like heavy metal bands. A lot yeah. of lyrics get um, put up there for metal bands, even these small bands, great work. So of all the lyrics of songs put up there, like again, not every song has lyrics. So I was only probably, only about 50% of their songs have lyrics. But... I read them all, right? Translate mm. them all into English because they have a translate there. Did it all to English. Most of them about war and Satan and dying and death and murder. Stuff mm. like that, which is pretty... It's dumb, but it's, it's pretty co- standard. It's common, nah. common course of uh, extreme music. Yeah. Even not just black metal is uh, guilty of it. Death metal, anything like that. Yeah, exactly. But there's one song out there currently. Uh, I forget its name. Was it Hurricanes or something? Or yeah. Something like that. And there's one line in it, which again, people like Metal Sucks stuff have just taken that one line out not, not given any context, which says like, um, was it kill all Muhammad to Muhammad these? I believe is the line. Yeah. And by itself, that sounds very aggressive and very attacking. Like, you, don't, you can't say stuff like that. This is a 20th century. What are you doing? Yeah. But if you read the whole song in context, which I guess people don't, but if you read the whole, it's not a long song. It doesn't take long to read the lyrics. But if you read the lyrics in, in context, he actually says that he's, a, I guess he's a proud Norwegian, which is fair enough. And he doesn't like that culture. And he doesn't want that culture to be part of Norway's culture. And that's what the song's about. It's not about him hating Islam or Muslims or that. No, it's about he doesn't like their customs or the belief system. And he had, doesn't want that belief system to take over or have parts of Norwegian, uh, 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 replace Norwegian exactly. belief systems. And, and I think a so, uh, part of um, Metal's philosophy when it comes to it is that Every single facet of life that an ideology or a, a group or the media and that there's going to be a part of that it is tainted that the, that someone outside is trying to poison the well or has the well poisoned having people kind of using it um, or just using something uh, with the, with the right intent and using it in the wrong way and metal's always been critical of it you know and, and for Christianity especially you know it seems like bands from all the way from Deer side um, to to anything from the black metal scene almost uh, is very much uh, against it so. Like you said, Danny, this is a, a take on just a conservative mindset. It's just, and we have to, I think, generally agree that even though the idea of um, the, a certain pol- like um, ideology might be in good faith, some people have distorted those teachings or whatever, or taken things out of context for their own and and used it um, for their own evils and to create terror and that in the world. So, I think he has every right to um, to put a face to it. We have seen, especially with Charlie Hebdo. See what happens when uh, some French guys were just taking taking fun out of it. They ended up dead, you know. Yeah. So this is what and like who would want that? Who would want to just have a saying, make fun of something? Like how much does people like to laugh? And we go see comics, and all they do is rip on something, and we connect with it. Just imagine yeah. that you couldn't anymore. You couldn't laugh anymore because you made fun of something that someone found offensive. So you couldn't do it anymore. And I think that's the point. It's like, well, who would want that in life, you know? Yeah. So I, I do agree that um, you know he's allowed to say something like that and use it as a reference because at the end of the day from what was going on in the world at that time I think it was just a reaction maybe it wasn't a, uh, as con- contextualized or as you know eloquently spoken that resonated better with the listener it was a bit ham-fisted but again he's allowed to sing it I think yeah but so in the, in the 20 years this band's been around they can only find those three instances where they've been that's, anti-something yeah. and one and 
both times with the shirt incidents, he came out categorically and said, no, no, I'm not this. I just do it to piss people off and get a rise. And the lyric, song lyric, if, again, if you read in context, is because he's a proud Norwegian and he doesn't want to lose his yeah. Norwegianness. And that is it. That is the whole argument against this band, which yeah. is very defendable. Yeah, which is fine. Again, me and Daniel aren't conservative in mindset, however, but we must adhere to a style and his artistic interpretation of the world and how he then generates it to create music. And that's what we're really talking yeah. about here. And like you said, he is provocative. You know, he's done the, the, the swatch ticket thing, which he knew would get a rise, and rise it did. Moving on from that, I think we've covered the band's controversy right now, and we can go into what uh, the resistance, what happened first, because it really was Antifa, the spearhead of the resistance and how it would come to pass. Now, if you don't know who Antifa are, a quick Google search would get you to know that, like, at the core, they were an anti-fascist group, you know? Um, you know, they want to have violence or, like, you know, certain groups, especially, I think, in, like, uh, Charlottesville or something it was, um, uh, with uh, the, there was a, a white um, rally, like a march, and it was quite, quite weird, you know? It was definitely... Um, a, it was in Canada. I think uh, Antifa at the time was counter that, and it also counter the Donald Trump thing as well, because you know, I think they considered it to be like you know the, the white America kind of thing, and we just see certain people that were into that, uh, you know, naturally gravitating towards a uh, uh, more conservative vote. Um, so I wanted to get into that, but that's the thing that Antifa might have. There are good people like uh, Lacey McLo- uh, McLaughlin. I think she's an Antifa activist that uses nonviolence, and she happily displays it without the the, the black box the, the the mask and stuff like that but it did, it's gone gone derailed now and it's gone from not just being um anti-fascist like an anti um racist movement to being almost whatever it sees fit and whatever it seems to fight we've seen him now tackle uh journalists like provocateurs on the right like milo yuganopoulos at berkeley and ben shapiro to the point that they were actually even interviewed by um uh networks uh, like cnn and um, they even talked to the, the leaders of it, and he even said that we just want him not to talk. And they were saying, in the, in the interview, was like, but that's against your constitution, it's against the First Amendment. And it's like, we don't see that applicable for what we're trying to, to get across, Danny. Mm. Yeah, that's the other issue as well is that the, um, they're pretty much a terrorist organization now because with this whole take show, there's like another, like, I think, a fraction group of, of this Antifa who said that, and if take is play at this venue, you know, we're going to storm them, we're going to riot them, we're going to cause problems. I'm like, you know, unless they get pulled. I'm like, you're holding your your country to like a threat, saying, you know, you don't do what we say, otherwise we riot. It's like, that is that is that is pretty much a terrorist well, act the, now. The biggest one that comes from it is the Kansas City Revolutionary Collective, which actually came out and did say, um, come out on the Saturday, the 31st of March, to the riot room, prepared with masks, sticks, shields, and whatever else you might need to take, you might need for take, their fans, enablers of fear for their safety, to actually fear for their safety. Mm. Enough with the Nazi metal bands, enough with the riot room and Nazi apologia, death to fascists. This is a threat. And this is where where it kind of fell apart for certain, I think, venues because they had to cancel from fear. Now, another one, though, was a rapper as well. Mm. Um, we're talking about a certain individual, um, which I'll bring up in a sec, who, um, his name's Talib uh, Quilly, and he cancelled the stream at, show at the riot room uh, for... The, the controversy around take. Now, I can read a little bit of that, Danny. Uh, his, position, his position is that uh, the venue should not want to host that band and whether that band got cancelled or not and should issue an apology for even booking the band. The response I received was the venue did not want to choose sides between a band and the sympathisers with racism and bigotry and me. I think it's time you choose a side. If you allow Nazi band to grace your stage and support Nazis, you must work the right room. Now, we've already covered that. 
he isn't a Nazi. And he's come out and said it's categorically and consistently that he's not. The one publicity stunt, you know, bear in mind he's acknowledged that, that he's done that and and whatever. But this is the thing that you're seeing other groups pressure him. You've seen Antifa, you've seen other outside groups, uh, extreme left groups, uh, and Twilly, and Talib uh, Quilly. Uh, New York City's Antifa um, considered um, take Islamophobic Nazis and there's no place for Islamophobia and fascism. And again, we can't find that in their lyrics. We can't find them in what they do. Nebraska Antifa, hey, Riot Room, this is what they said to him in a tweet. Uh, why is Tate booked uh, for the 31st of March? You do know they sing about killing Muslims while displaying swastikas, right? They didn't say that, did they, Danny? No, uh, and that's the problem. What's happening here is that people again... And this is lazy journalism's fault. I think we're going to have to move to that soon about yeah. the, the very poor, um, I guess you call it metal journalism, that people again are, are getting, because they're purposely doing it. The metal journalists, again, very disappointing. I, of course, getting snippets and paraphrasing or getting parts of sentences or parts of news stories they like and mashing it together. That's right. So you have these live people who don't follow things or don't spend like, we've done like five minutes researching this to see what was actually going on. Yeah. Just, and, it's, and they're seeing that, oh, these guys must be fascist, they must be Nazi or is uh, Jew haters or That's right. Muslim haters because of uh, one plus one. And they miss all the other equation out. That's right. And before we just get to that, the last thing I want to say was the uh, support band as well got off the bandwagon. So yeah. putting even more pressure on Tate to, to cancel because at the last minute they're pulling out um, King Dude, you know, and he really doesn't give a very good reason why. Um, the best thing I can find is that he says, I do not uh, welcome political discourse at my concert. It has no place. My concerts are a place of uh, that should be a sanctuary for everyone, a place for people to find church without having to go to one. And all the rest of it is just him talking about that he's a Satan worshipper, or he's, sorry, not Satan. I really apologize. A Luciferian, and sorry, yeah, he considers exactly. himself a Luciferian. And essentially, I think it's characteristics is affixed to Lucifer. And I'm not too sure. We won't really get into that right now because nah, it's not important. But the really thing is that he pulled away from something that he knew the band was at the time. But he got some negative press, like Mendel does, yeah. from extreme left groups and from, like you were saying, misinformed um, uh, activists and stuff like that. Or maybe just uh, some people with an axe to grind, um, just trying to prove their gender studies, um, political science thing is, is worthwhile, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah. So we're seeing um, support bands pull out. We're seeing venues who have been threatened or venues who have been misinformed by, by um, other celebrities and that. And now I think we should really talk about some of the journalists that's gone into it, like you were saying, Danny, that's yeah. forced them out. Well, this is the biggest disappointment because a lot of these people on the outside aren't metalheads and they don't know the culture and they don't look into the story. No. And they just see that they just scratch the surface and they think that's the story. And these metal journalists, like lately, like the last couple of years, have been so far away from metal. It's getting very... It's very bad. I mean, these guys are now saying now, like, they're now deciding what metal should be. Like, before metal, like, is anything. If someone hates something or doesn't like something or doesn't appreciate something, they sing about it. And, you know, you find your group who likes it and they resonate. I mean, there of course, there's limits on everything. Like, the church burnings are terrible. You don't want people to go around, like, you know, murdering people or starting fights like that. And I, I don't think that really happens in the metal culture that much. Mm. Even these song lyrics are very, like, anti-Christian. Well, Ignore the church burnings. Apart from that, you don't see groups of like Luciferians going around killing Christians and stabbing Christians. Mm. So it, everything like seeing without there is limit. If you of take course. if you take everything um, as the gospel in lyrics, yeah, then you yeah. must assume that cannibal corpse have nothing more than to have violence against women be normalized, yeah. Yeah. or any death metal band that having yeah. violence and murder should be. And that's the thing they're taking literally, like you said, things out of context, like. You know, like you said, Islam's for, uh, is, is this Islamophobia keeps coming up, but I'm like, 
for every reason, a, a extreme metal band should be taken away from playing. Uh, if it came down to being, like you said, a bunch of words, really, taken yeah. out, then none of them would play. Because well, there is a reason for anyone to be upset about something. Yeah, and a lot of these lyrics, again, you can you can take them out of context. Because like, even songs like Holy Diver, people were saying, oh, that song's about taking cocaine, heroin, because the stripes on the tire means the stripes on like a needle. Yeah. So you can like read anything to anything if yeah. you really want to get that crazy about That's it. Right. But again, the metal culture, metal publications like Metal Sucks and Metal Rejection aren't doing the metal scene any favor. And let's talk about what they had to say because I've got yeah. actually got a couple of things. Even um, Blabbermouth as well, Guilty, uh, not to the degree of what the other two were, but let's talk about Metal Sucks. And they've, gone on, they've got two um, articles which I really want to uh, consider talking about today. Um, the first one, the problem with Take isn't just their Swatch Sticker Chest Paint incident. Um, that's a very scary way of starting a com- the um, article because... Metal Injection a few years ago started an article the exact same. The problem with metalheads, the problem with metal is metalheads stop using the word faggot, um, and this was basically about political correctness going to overdrive that, um, teaching, telling metalheads how what to say and what not to say, you know, and that was really what it was about, and it got destroyed, it got panned critically from the fans, from from and from a lot of people. Now this is the and it's it's the same tone set straight away because. They were on the back foot because they, an article before, were almost happy with the idea of them being cancelled. But let's talk about one thing, Danny. Uh, one, one quote. Uh, okay, this is from the article from uh, Metal Sucks. Okay, maybe they're not actual Nazis, but they're still at least very Islamic phobic, at least trolls, and at worst, overt racist. Now, how about pe- putting these guys in a box like that? That they they've got they painted their uh, Nazi swastika box and they've just thrown them right in there. Um, they've even acknowledged that the least they can be is trolls. That's the least they are. You know, or I think to be honest, the most that they are. To be honest, in this con- in circumstance, uh, circumstance, yeah, definitely sounds and. It's just like so off their trolls and so off their racist because this is the world, people. If you don't, you gotta accept people don't like people for bullshit reasons and for dumb reasons. And you yep. know what? That is how the world works and mm. how it gets right. I'm not saying it's right, but that's how it is. You know? Yeah. But again, they're not. They've come out ah. and said it. So, oh, they might be racist, but who cares? It's just that's well, them. They as might people. be exactly at the end of the day, but they're not. Look, we have to assume that the word they gave us, they've never, and mm. it, even in the US, and this is the one thing they have to say, unless it directly. Um, this is the constitution. Unless it directly um, instills violence, then they're free to speak it. You know. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. And um, also, it's not racism because it's a religion. So people always it's not say ideology. That, they always so. confuse it, right? Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, the statement of host uh, issued to explain the uh, incident at the time didn't uh, did more harm than it did good. So it included the phrase "Go suck a Muslim" and uh, and what we said before, "Unter Maish." This is from the uh, article as well. Yeah. The latter a term that Nazis use. Blah blah blah. Um, again, this is we covered this dude. He said it uh, because he was cancelled from the show, from the venue guy, yeah. when he had no right to really do it. But again, it's his it's, place. It's like when your and girl, he was pissed off at him. Yeah, it's like when your girlfriend has you got a small dick. Like you don't, or you might do. It doesn't matter. But she's saying it to piss yeah. you off. It shows that. Yeah. Sort of piss and then you, you the respond most. by saying like something like, "Yeah, well, at least if you, your mum didn't complain last night when I had it inside her mouth." Yeah, you know, but, yeah, you, you didn't have to say that, yeah. but you want to get the one up on her. And I don't think I'm not saying it's right, but like we said, the guy was pissed off. Yeah, and he knew it was going to get under this guy's skin. But that's what happened. Metal rejection again. Straight away, they've taken both instances out of context to like defend their point. It's like no, if you explain what they were in the context of those points, you take wouldn't be coming up as bad as they do. So they're purposely trying to set up a light, a uh, paint them sort of way to help um, prove the article. And this is the worst part of it now. Their admission. 
Um, your side of the story, and this is talking about the end of the article, is plainly visible in your band's continued use of hateful imagery, lyrics, and public statements. Contacting you for comment isn't necessary. We already have the information we need. And that is exactly right. They already had a plan. They just needed to get what they needed from it because they already had these guys pegged an article back yeah. as being the uh, the racist and that. So they didn't want to con- uh, have, have a discussion. They didn't want to have an understanding or all these guys' motivations or anything like that. They they were the enemy they were looking for in the article they wanted to write and um, well, it's disgusting it they would write that. that. What a way to finish it! And then I think it, the best um, the best quote I picked from the thing is we know the facts, we know who take are as people and what they represent. And there you go, they know them better than they do, so yeah. they have to be racist. They're just too clever to announce it, just like Marduk were apparently, you know. But this is again a very scary thing. Like this is considered journalism. These guys have not researched things, have not contacted the band for comment, and clearly the two or three things they say proves they're racist. The singer's come out and defended himself. So these guys here aren't doing journalism; they're doing op-ed pieces. They say, "I've got a point of view. I've got an axe to grind, and I don't care about the facts. I'm just going to grind it." And yeah. that is, you know, you're supposed to be protecting the metal culture because we're yeah. getting hard enough time by the rest of society attacking metal, and now we're attacking ourselves. Just because what you want easy clickbait or want more likes, people more people to like read your stories. It's very yeah. these guys aren't metalheads. No, these guys, not. I don't even know who these, these guys are. They, they can't, they can't, they can't talk about a genre they have known nothing about, which they really don't. I mean, even we can attest that we're not biggest black metal fans. Yeah. We review a couple of bands that we like on the show, but we understand that you cannot just take some things out of context and and. Like I said, three infringements, really, and that is the, the band. That's, that's all you need is three mistakes if and, and that you've interpreted as attacks. I want to talk about another article now. Let's talk about Metal Injection. So we've talked a little bit about uh, what Metal Sucks has contributed to this um, defamation of, of, of the character or, or as the, the band um, take. But what about Metal Injection? Again, um, take some responsibility for your own actions. This isn't our fault. You, you did what you, uh, you did. Now... Take actually kind of referenced that the downfall of the big journalisms and, and their part in playing in this, and um, and they're just washing their hands of it. They're like, no, they did it. So let's go into what they had to say, I guess. Um, Host can blame agitator all he wants, but he literally wore a swatch sticker on stage once. Yeah. We've talked about this, you know. This is not a big deal. This has happened once. Exactly. What's yeah, well, your point? And friggin again, Prince Harry wore a Nazi costume to her thing, and he's gonna he's might be taking over the. Yeah. Uh, the chair of throne of England, maybe. Lemmy was caught with um, World War II paraphernalia yeah. and, and swatch stickers and that everywhere. But, you, you know, about those, you don't talk about that. The Guardian got it on his case about it. But, like, seeing as he's got already established in the scene for some yeah. reason, you know, that you can't um, take digs of him. What about Pantera with the Confederate flag? You know, that's very sensitive in America, you know. It's still considered, like, the, the mark of slavery, you know. Yeah. Pantera, they got on their case a little bit about it, but... When they were happy because they knew um, Phil Anselmo is a racist, but when Vinnie Paul said it was just a reaction, they didn't really get on his case about it. He, was, he considered it an overreaction. Yeah. Rex Brown, you know, he was definitely not on call with it, but at the end of the day, you know, he, they still give him front page news. Do you reckon yeah. they would want Pantera shows cancelled? You know, what about um, uh, Vinnie Paul shows? You know, being affiliated with the things. Just imagine that. Anytime that Pantera would have played or um, Vinnie Paul's side uh, projects or Down or whatever well, like that. Played. Technically, you, Technically you should not want them to play yeah. any shows and be happy that they, they get all the negative press that they deserve, apparently. Um, mm. So, yeah, and there's another one as well. Um, uh, Antifa is not an organization group. Yeah, here we go. This is an interesting point they want to talk about Antifa. 
Antifa is not an organization group like the NRA. Literally anybody can be Antifa. Anybody can start an Antifa group. There is no membership fees. There is no central um, governing body, right? Um, this is all interesting, but he said, we don't condone any threats to harm, physical harm. To label Antifa as a left-wing terrorist organization is bullshit propaganda. Now, the problem with that um, assessment is that, well, the American government doesn't seem to think so. Um, there's a couple of things I want to mention here. Um, there was an independent.co.uk study uh, of the Department of Homeland Security and FBI, and they're wanted on there for terrorist activity. You know, they know who they are. Um, certain places have seen a rise in the last eight months of answer-related violence. We obviously talked about um, just literally um, protesting, violent protests with Berkeley um, over the Maya Yiannopoulos tour. And he wasn't, he's a Jew, isn't he? No, he's gay. He's, he's a, gay he's a, and, and he's, he's a Jew. Jew. He's yeah. their people. Yeah. He is the oppressed class. I think, I think his uh, boyfriend or husband is actually a black guy And he's as a well. black guy. Yeah, so he so. sucks black dick. <laughs> and this guy should be on top of your moral chain. Yeah. He's like the gay, you know, if he came out and said he was... Um, uh, a woman on the weekends, and um, yes, and, and he was, and he was disabled. And he got, off. you guys would love him. Yeah, you would, you would cherish picks him. Every box type thing, you know. But um, again, like the whole, this whole Antifa stuff only occurred because no one in the metal journalism world had the balls to stand up for a band which has been poorly rep- uh, represented. And that's the thing again, which is very disappointing, is that we're having guys who are good positions of power, very influential in the metal scene, and have sort of links to like the you know non-metal scene. Are writing terrible articles without any substance, without any base. That's I mean, right. If these guys were like, you know, part of it, like a Nazi, near Nazi group, yeah, fair enough. You should really send that. And they're going around bashing people up. Fair enough. Like, yeah. call them out. But they literally haven't done anything, nor have any of their fans been linked to anything. So you guys are causing something which isn't even there. It's like, are you guys that bored? Like, you guys feel like you're in a moral center. You have to, like, just start trouble where there is no trouble. It's just, it's getting really bad. I'm very disappointed in the metal scene and these so-called journalists and what they're saying to do to the metal people yeah so that's the thing is that now we've gotten all three kind of things now i gotta be honest though i've read a lot of the comment sections from both metal injection metal sucks and to be honest majority i'd say a very high percentage really detest both of the articles um and the and the publications for what they've done uh, Metal Sucks has gone down to a 2.7 rating on Facebook. Metal Injection is, I think, received even less likes and less followers. And Take, in turn, has actually received more likes. It's bumped up to over 200,000. And back in, when I checked, it was, it was actually under that figure. Yeah. So this has gotten them probably the, the press they wanted. Um, should we talk a little bit about um, the band's uh, statement, Danny, uh, when they released their um, uh, letter to uh, the fans? Yeah, because yeah, this, this is pretty much when they had a well, I had, well, pretty much yeah, when they had to like stop the American tour, so this can it's only like quite fresh, three days old or something, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna quickly find it, but um, the end of the day, it's really just about, um, uh, I guess, what's the best way of, of of wrapping this up before I get into that article? It's um, it really does feel like the because they've acknowledged themselves as being uh, social justice warriors. These these publications, yeah, yeah, yeah. they really do feel like they're fighting the good fight, and I think there is. I understand that it would really suck because there is such thing as racism in the world and bigotry and that kind of stuff. But when it doesn't come from, it's not coming from the right place. You know, these these bands aren't what they what they the, these articles say they are. 
So it really does feel like right now that metal is actually starting to fight on the inside, but I don't think it is fighting on the inside. I think someone have, people have infiltrated metal and um, decided that this is a fight worth, worth we're willing to go. But if they really understood the metal culture mm. and the metal bands and, and the artistic medium that is extreme metal, this wouldn't be... They should have done what we, like you were saying before, denounced... Not only because we're not arguing that Antifa shouldn't have protested; they're more than welcome yeah, to shoot. Protest, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, that that is the country that makes this great. Is that like US and Australia that we can talk about it? But they did use physical threats. You know, they have, they were known to pressure um, groups um, to to use violence and intimidation and fear for safety, or misinform a lot of people through the journalists or just through um, you know their, their own kind of thing and. Uh, and the people have really missed out. The metal community have missed out in the end of the day. People who have jobs, people who have families, uh, who love the scene and really dig it, they're the biggest losers out of it. And, yeah. and that's the biggest shame of all is that they're not spreading hate. They can't directly correlate um, takers being a hate group. They, they, there's just no way. But here we are, you know, a band's mm. been cancelled and met, the metal community has gotten, um, have it gotten stronger? Has it gotten weaker? That's the interesting point. Yeah, it's very interesting. And like, again, Take misses out financially. They had a tour in America, I think 17 shows. They would have made some money out of that, I'm guessing. So they're, they're financially worse off. Um, the fans who are big fans of Take, they've got to see him play. Uh, and it's very ironic because uh, Take have come to America twice before and a uh, publication like Metal Sucks have helped bring them down and helped support their tour. And, now, and then now they're kind of like, oh, if we knew they were like that, we wouldn't have t- supported them. Like, I'm pretty confident the tours would have been after 2007 and 2011. So for you to say that now, it means like, well, well, you, you didn't do your research when you first brought them down. So again, it's like there's a lot of backpedaling and backtrading because th- there wasn't anything to be angry about back then. These guys are just like, it's like Chinese whispers. It's like something they want, they want to make a big deal of something just so they have something to say. And, Again, I'm, I'm, the most disappointing I am is of the metal media. Uh, it's good to hear the metal fans and people on the comments yeah. page are standing up for this band and standing up for the metal scene because it, it doesn't. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, well, I say there's nothing wrong with it. people. Come say, oh, there's not enough females. Blah blah blah. Yeah, whatever. Okay, fine. Yeah. You always there's always gonna be complaints, but yeah. this thing I've I've never seen like uh, people of different color religions get like stomped on or attacked in mosh pits or nothing. I've always thought it was a very inclusive thing. So, yeah. and again, this band's played in Israel. Where yeah. it's like three percent Jewish, you think they'll yeah. be allowed to play there when if their lyrics were against Jews? Mar- they wouldn't. Marduk they would the same out. thing. Yeah, exactly. They they gave they gave the same problems. As forget the same problems. Marduk and they for no reason at all because what well, they had a tank and some and some words that they played. The, uh, the name of the album was exactly the same place as the place they recorded, but they managed to link it to something else. You know, and it's, it's exactly what they do good at, isn't it? Just kind of like pulling two and they think they think they get one and one together to make it three. You know, and it's just not that at all. And yeah. Mr. representing work to make it fit your agenda is is definitely what they're doing and uh but i think with that we can really kind of like let this go for the to the fans because yeah the end of the day um the fans have really come out and and criticized it and uh it's it's with them that i sympathize with because their frustrations definitely should be heard and um i'd like to think that metal injection and metal sucks can take the time to kind of like go through it but i really think they're going to be like now this is the problem with metal is that these fans are the ones yeah that that are the racists and the bigots and they're the ones who are misinformed and You know, and uh, and for that, it's maybe this is what it needs. Maybe the villain is because metal has always been great when it has 
a resistance against something. Yeah. You know, back in the day when we the 80s when it was the parents, you know, then it was the 90s where it was the violence because, you know, the video games and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And here we are in the 2000s and the biggest problem with metal apparently is metal. Yeah. Uh, coming, coming from metal journalists. Yes. Maybe yeah. that is the power we're fighting right now. Well, That's you- a really interesting... It's a really interesting thought and yeah. I've had this one for a while and um, whatever. Because I think if maybe if a band what they need right now to gain their attention is to fight the um, the actual kind of the the, uh, the the not capitalist society the um the guys in charge and really uh, they are kind of dictating the way people think and the way that people feel. Mm. So uh, who knows? I think this is maybe. I just want to know for the, the question I would love to ask. And um, Metal sucks. And Melon Jackson is like, what band for you? If they got banned or they got protested and violence, you know, uh, spread across uh, the the internet. What band for you would be the, the thing to say, all right, enough's enough. We cannot have intimidation and fear by these um, left-wing militant groups. Yeah, what's, you know, what's What is limit? their yeah, band? Your, yeah. is, it, is it Machine Head? Well, it probably won't because they, they're pretty much uh, playing along the fiddle that they want to hear, you know, saying all the right things. But what is it for them? And I want to see, I want to hear, does it keep going until we, they can finally kind of go, you know what, we kind of like... You know, we kind of screwed this up. You know, this yeah. is kind of the thing. I just think there's a bunch of dicks because there's uh, metal sucks. They keep like harping on the faceless, like, and for no reason to the point that faceless guitarists and one of the members came out on their comment boards. Said, what is it with you guys shitting on our band? What have we done to deserve this criticism? And these guys are just, there must be, I don't know if they're like a bunch of children and a dad owns a newspaper and they gave him jobs like journalism or something. They, they, they remind me of the guys from Vice and the Feed and stuff. They're mm. just like a bunch of late 30, early 30-year-old guys, you probably read two or three BuzzFeed articles. White like, dudes, yeah. probably white guys and girls who are like the the, the, the the fanatical Bernie Sanders fan, you know, they take uh, everything that he said as gospel, you know, and it's like, you know, yeah. so... They read a couple, you know, they watch a couple of Mark Moore documentaries and they feel like they know how the world works, in my opinion, is so valid. Exactly. Even though you don't want to research, even though like we've done more research than you had in like two minutes uh, and could see where everything comes from. So... Uh, these guys, you know that South Park episode where all these guys start like driving Priuses and they think that they're fast, don't stick and stuff? Yeah. They're these guys. They're just like Smug. That. Ah, Smugness smug. on them, man. It's just complete horseshit. I, I, I drink um uh, like soy milk lather because I don't believe we should be like having cow's milk. <laughs> uh, while I'm on my iPhone, which is um, yeah. made by child slavery in the middle of nowhere. Oh, oh I don't know. That's, that's okay. It's different. No, it's different. Uh, yeah, yeah, you listen to symphonic black metal? Oh, no. That's, that's faux pas. We listen here to uh, the new wave of uh, American heavy metal where it's all... Con- inclusive and there's like look how many wild girls are singing for the bands and stuff you know there's a black dude in that band you know like is the music any good well that's not really if, if you don't like it then you're a racist yeah, aren't yeah. you, you know? oh that's because they haven't had a chance to develop the skills to make write good songs so you know that's, that's not it's not about how you write yeah. the songs it's about the impact you have but, as a song anyway look there are our opinions and thoughts you probably heard it for the last 30 minutes and gone yeah. like man this is just diatribe bullshit we already knew it or you might be like we're wrong hey at the end of the day um, we support the scene and if you're going to, you know, give someone shit, just give it to Gene um, Simmons because the guy's a dick. Yeah. And take that. Yeah. Take. Yeah. Clever. Yeah. yeah. Very oh, good. Yeah. Hey, oh. All right. So let's go and move on. We're going to finish up with our CD review this week. Uh, and uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the band we're reviewing this time. Mark of the Necrogram is the name of the album. The band is known as Necrophobic. It's a uh, 
Swedish black black and death metal band, but I like to think these guys are just a black metal band with like death metal oh, influences. Swedish, not Norwegian. Band. Nah, so like oh, now I'm being countryist. <laughs> oh, you damn country bigot. Yeah. Uh, um, the band was formed in like 1989 by the drummer uh, John uh, John Kin uh, Steiner and the deceased guitarist. Oh, poor dude, uh, David Byland. Okay. Um, it's pretty much had some uh, interesting uh, changes. They've had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight albums so far. This is the eighth yeah. one. So they've been going around, they've been hitting it hard. Um, a couple of lineup changes, but uh, definitely a band that is uh, quite angry. And uh, the Satans are back for this album in full fling, Danny. Yeah, definitely. I think I tapped my left shoulder a couple of times in an empty room. And I think sometimes the wall started bleeding listening to this album. I mean, to be fair, it's not the most evilest album yeah. you would hear, but it's definitely uh, satanic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got some moments in it for sure. Um, yeah, the band's got lineage, that's for sure. And for people at the moment, some people are, uh, just have to read some comments and they're just like freaking out about this album. They're just like tying it to be like the number one album of the year. So we thought we had to get on this, you know, check it out, give it a hear. And from the very get-go, Danny, from the song Markov Necrogram, you really get a hint that these guys are taking no prisoners. It's really a... It feels like a black metal kind of riffs at heart. This album feels black metal, but for some reason, from the track one to the very end, it feels like a death metal production though. Like everything's fairly audible. You know, it's um, it's quite clean technical riff writing. It's all there. It doesn't sound like it's in a hallway on the moon, yeah. uh, inside a, a tube sock of a, of a toilet roll. It's <laughs> it's different. Yeah, I guess like yeah, that's Norwegian black metal. These oh, guys are Swedish. These are Swedish. They just don't get that. They you don't need get to it, have man. it inaudible. Like the treble must be ear bleeding so you can listen to it in your bathroom on a cold winter's day um but again the blast beats uh, are in there um nice little black metal line at the start the riffs after it is pretty cool um yeah the intro was really good i really liked it it got my intention straight away yeah that's what's good another one of these bands who've decided not use like a instrumental opening or one of those um you know setting a tone songs which is yeah. like a bunch of organs playing and like choirs doing inaudible chants yeah and stuff. like that and that guy going music, 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 yeah like, just setting that, the tone yeah lord yeah. of the rings uh rapture bullshit, bullshit yeah. you know it's like i don't care you don't just mean anything to you no nah, it's good because i always skip that like the, i hear yeah. i hear it once because i have to for the review but if i get if i buy it to see if i like it i just skip that song i'm not doing that it's just waste my time yeah and it's good they don't do it they go straight into a song and it's a good song because it's very pacey good yeah. tempo Good energy. It's a great way to kick off the album. That's right. Odium Karakum is next. Uh, acoustic intro. It's kind of cool. I liked it. Uh, epic intro, though. It's got a nice descending lead in it. And it's uh, pretty thrash there. I found this song to be like a real thrash number, to be honest. It was yeah. like kind of cool. Again, they're just kind of like showing their hearts in their sleeves, going full bore, uh, 100 miles a minute. Um, the transitioning is great, though. There's some crazy stuff, and it's very evil, uh, very smooth. Like The drumming itself really gets a, a notice in the song for uh, tying things together as well, which is, I think, the case for a it's it's the the element needed to make your songs the best they can be because you need those smooth transitions without being too jarring. Yeah, definitely right. And again, you're right. They they like to use the tempo changes and pace changes to help like kick off into the chorus and stuff. Again, they do it here well. Um, they decide to use the bit of murmuring though in that acoustic intro. So you know they didn't use it in the <laughs> intro of the album, but they put it in the second song. That's fair enough. I'll accept that. I think he said yeah, that they got to tick that like black metal list. Yeah, like yeah. we want to make a black air album. What do we need? Blast beats, uh, inaudible music, Satan. Um, yeah, but actually, this song the tempo kind of keeps through, and they just change the, like yeah. the top layering of that tempo, like yeah. the solos thrown in, or just more double kicks thrown at times. And I guess that comes. This song even comes with the uh, minor nitpick for the album for me that it does kind of feature across it is that the guitar solos themselves aren't that 
Um, as, as, for what the riffs are, technical, mind-blowing, fast, um, evil and that, the solos themselves are just there. They're not exciting. They're not uh, generally very memorable. They're just kind of, he plays what needs to be played. And uh, for that, it's kind of like uh, a shame because for everything else in this album, sets a very interesting tone. It's just the solos sound like a, a rocky style, just yeah. it's there. It's it's nice all the right notes are hit, but at the same time, yeah. just not really. It didn't grab my attention like a De- Jeff Loomis would have done, or a, well, they're happy you know. solos. The, the tone seems to be more yeah. like uplifting. It's like eh, you go from the evil. Like, it's like yeah, more of a, a warm tone to the guitar. Maybe they could be a bit more grungier there. That's okay. They make it all right with the best song of the album, Sub mm-hmm. On. But this thing is amazing. This will be one of the tracks of the year. It is just a phenomenal track. It is so good. Just great track, Danny. Yeah, no, definitely right. And they decide to like use more vocal uh, effects to help it out. So do their whole, like near the second half of the song, they let their uh, vocals have like electronic distortion to them. I guess get a bit more evil, move grunt to it. Uh, there's group chanting it. There's layered in the oh, chorus the, as the well. The riffs, man. So, all yeah. of them are just knocking out of the park riffs, man. Just exactly what you want in a evil dark album. It's what we liked with the um, album at the start of the year with Whitehead. It was just like exactly what you want. And um, it's accessible for anyone who's into metal and likes it sounding really heavily and dark, and it's just perfect. Yeah, I always like these like black and death metal bands. Yet their chorus, like this one here, it can be like quite jumping, quite like Bobby Long. To it's yeah. like this, you know, you're talking about Satan, but it's really like yeah, groovy, like happy chorus. What's going on yeah. here? You know? Oh, you know yeah. what? All the power to them. We're going to the fourth track, Lamb and Lama Stew. I think it is. It's okay. We don't know words. Uh, <laughs> Bassline sounding pretty nice. Bumping up a bit. It's not changed up a little bit. Uh, guitar line very nice and technical as well. Uh, but it's also kind of musical, you know. They they never really lo- this band never really loses a t- chance to give the melody a, a push, you know. Generally, and that's what I like about this band. It's um, you know, you can only make that evil sound by putting notes together that shouldn't be together, but it works, you know. Yeah, there's more of a black metal chorus in it. Um, it could have like a fade into it, so they're changing the intros to make them a bit different. Yeah, yeah I did find this song though. It did have some disjointed sections there. The ideas are all awesome across the song, but there were two times the song just kind of jarred a little bit for me, and I thought uh, maybe that was just not sure how to get all these riffs they really wanted into the song or not. I'm not sure, but uh, I, I yeah. did find that up until this point, there were smooth transitions and they were imaginative, but this one was a bit. Eh. I thought the song was good until they added the blast beat element because it had some sort of like. I guess melody or feel to the song, but once yeah. you blast beat things, you just take that all away and it just yeah. turns into. I don't like. I don't like these snare blast beats anyway. But yeah. to throw in a song like this, you just you kind of just takes it away. So it should be another song. Yeah, but this is a clever song. It fades in, the start and fades out. So it has yeah. like a progression to the song. So that's true. Uh, Sacrosanct, nice key change at the start, and the lead. Oh, again, these guys are throwing so many like different variations, you know. And I really, really enjoyed that. They take a lot of um, aspects of their riff writing into account, which is really good. Nice changes in the lead to complement the song was really, I really liked as well. I really got to give this one. The guitar works great. The complexity and the, the leads and chordal changes is very hard yeah. to do, and it's very cool. Yeah, they got like the heaviness out of the chorus is really good as well, and it adds that they'll kick to like add on to it as well. So yeah. they like to build up their riffs and then build up sections like either keeping the similar beat, then like a bit more of the guitars, a bit more vocals, and just go to like a double kick or yeah. something. They, they always like to build up, and it's good. And it helps create the atmosphere, so I like it. Yeah, and going to my second favorite song on the album, Pesta. I really like the song as well. Nice and catchy, kind of melody style going into it, which I was liking because I thought of. You, like you're saying, you're hearing a lot of that blast and a lot of that kind of stuff. But these guys kind of gave it a little bit out and did something else with it as well, which was really appreciative. And they kind of, you know, did something new here, which is really cool. I liked it. It was a sinister sounding riff as well after it. 
Um, it's classic black metal, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely right. Got again the blast beats are there. Asked Takata riffing is good, and if the chorus had a bit of a melody to yeah. it as well. Yeah, the volume are... swells, the atmospheric style, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Again, the cool transitions into the solo, just really clever stuff. Yeah, definitely right. I think um, this actually was a nice solo. I think it's one of the better songs, the better way they transitioned to solos. This song here, yeah, they did that well. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah, again, they like they start to use that ideal pretty much at the album they, they layer the chorus vocals just to give that big explosion into the chorus yeah. so it helps us transition from the pre-chorus to a chorus which is it's good good little next track the uh, Requiem for a Dying Sun big intro you know it would be great live these guys probably get to play in front of maybe 200 people it really deserves a stadium uh, it's very epic and hits the shit out of that kit it sounded yeah. awesome uh, reminds me a bit of a Samao album at times. The song yeah. is just um, more focused on melody as well with drums being pulled back a bit, which I think was great. I really enjoyed it, man. Just something that's uh, more memorable. Yeah, definitely. And they add more to the song like with their like effects and the layers and their um, feels and their tones. So they try and create a big um, so epic song with, again, the synth added in, yeah. uh, different tones. and The exception with this album, the song is that the guitar solo I actually did think was pretty good. I thought it did really well. I reckon, didn't he slow, it felt like he slowed down at the end of the solo. Oh, he might have actually, I but I still, I still think that the ideas and the, and the storytelling in it was actually more interesting. Which well, maybe, I, it was which delivered, I maybe the ending was delivered and slowed down. I just thought, like, I don't know, just seemed the ending. Maybe hear it again. I thought the ending was All that weird. ending was cool, though, with yeah. the guitar winky stuff. It was all like, ah. yes, you know, the whammy bar stuff. Um, the ending was great. I loved it. The ending itself was an actual ending which was I think some metal songs are forgetting is that you know if you're going to tell a song your ending needs to do the end like it needs to be bigger it needs to be like when it stops you go yeah you know um, so many bands keep forgetting it it's really annoying me you know like when we had that um, the Cavalera um, album it's like for all of it, it was awesome but then it's like the song stops and you're just like oh. like it's just yeah. It needs to do what it, yeah. So I think that's something going on metal, which I think needs to remember is that the song needs to come full circle. But this one did it. It was great. Yeah. Crown of Thorns, Danny. Um, it sounds like a great name for a, uh, a a whole blogger to get upset about. Maybe stop uh, another tour, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> is, yeah. Is, is he talking about like the prophet or is he talking about the prophet? <laughs> uh, that's right. You, you can attack Christianity all you want. It's yeah, not exactly. a problem. No, it's a problem. Yeah, exactly. A uh, fair bit of instrumental in the intro. Uh, turns into a real headbanger, though. Uh, so. Doug of that. Cool riffs again. Evil sounding song. Evil sounding riffs. Yeah, no different. Again, blast beats were mixed into the riffs, yeah. which actually it actually helps this time. It's not like you're taking it away or changing the tone. So that was good. Uh, yeah. Good variety in the song. They like to do that, changing tempos, etc. Yeah. Different layers. So, But it's smooth, uh, you know, and it still keeps a real tough vibe in the whole song. So, you know, it's really, we're really coming to the end of the album. Not much bad to say about it. Um, again, I've got the next song from the great uh, above to the great below gallopy you know really aggressive yeah but it's got another kind of folk kind of feel which i think is notorious in the black metal at times yeah, yeah. very enjoyable percussive hits and really nuts um ramps up the song really well um yeah i thought this song was going to finish a bit earlier than it did but it kept on going so i guess that's uh a blemish well it was just the way it was because they kind of built up the ending then they kind of got back to it and then ended it so whatever it was it was it was interesting yeah it's another song where they again they're not afraid to go a bit slow a bit more stripped back and methodic in the in the middle section like instead of just having you know aggressive and riffs all the way through and blasts all the way through they yeah. don't mind stripping it back a bit of an acoustic section a bit of a tone to help bring it back into a big chorus yep. so and, it's good and speaking about stripping it back the last song i'm not even pretending to do it tonight so undergarden is the name of the last track now <laughs> um yeah just a way of winding it down it's um good yeah. way to finish it on so i thought that was actually a very appropriate way to end the album because yeah it was fun now yeah. 
Um, so as far as the good and the bad, uh, the good dude, this album's the guitar work and the drumming is incredibly good. Uh, vocalist does what it needs to. Never really stood out for being anything but. But um, just an amazing amount of riffing and the drumming was heavy and yeah, the musicianship in this album really really struck me apart. It, it, it struck me to the point when the solos came in, it felt like it was getting pulled back, which is weird because generally the solos are more exciting and more um, tense and more, um, I don't know, generating a bit more of a uh, imagination, I guess. But um, that was the only problem I had was that certain parts of the songs then would drop a little bit, but the riffs themselves underneath it were fantastic. Yeah, no, definitely right. They they do do a lot there. Again, the the changing of the drum beats to go for like blast beat, double kick, slow down, um, hitting on off beats, uh, hitting with the singers like as well is good. Yeah. Uh, riffing is um, yeah, definitely right. A lot of riffs, a lot of variation. Uh, nice staccato sending stuff is always good. I always like that staccato sending scales under like drums. It gives yeah. a good like yeah, know, it builds it, man. Yeah, it good build, great. jumpy feeling. Again, they have melody times they need to. They didn't mind stripping it back. They didn't mind chucking a solo two in there. Yeah. Yeah. Again, using like some effective need to, like effects on the vocals, different tone, bit of synthesizer, yeah. bit of synth hits. So, again, they, they tried to make it a bit uh, more than just being black metal. They tried to make it a bit, bit of symphonic at times, a bit deathy at times, a bit yeah. rocky at times. So, yeah. But definitely at heart, it does feel like a black metal album, but yeah. with a polish of it. And that would be a reason for I think stream metal friends to li- to get into it and really enjoy the album. It is a great album. Yeah. Um, it's hard to really put this one uh, away. It's just going to scare a couple of people off because it is it is what it is, man. It makes yeah. no apologies for what it sounds like. And um, I genuinely, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, th- I think it's um, for some reason I really dig stuff like this and with bands like Hour of Repentance and stuff where it's like. A similar feel. These guys do it just because they break away from that formula enough to give it a refreshing sound and each song to sound different to a degree, but still really dark yeah. and evil. And I really like that dark and evilness. Being able to hear it is a welcome addition yeah. as well. Definitely got some right, really heavy, chunky riffs in there, which helps out a lot. Better, which then, like I think I allowed did last week and stuff that they, they were missing those elements. Yeah. Some albums reviewed in the past. I think, again, this is my personal taste. I don't. Again, a big fan of the snare blast beat. Yeah. I think it just kills all melody, kills all time. There is maybe a touch of it that's, like you said, is accustomed to the sound. But even for me, there was a couple of times where I'm like, it needs to kind of go with like septic flesh and stuff where they kind of like, you don't need to use it all the time. You're flesh god. Yeah. But when you use it, it's really for desired effect. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, don't hard. do it because like I'm a black metal band, I have to do it. Do it because like, it adds something to that part of the song. Like if you're creating a lot of tension, a lot of tone or uh, fast, the aggressive part that's cool for that i get it, it makes sense but if you got like a really good melody and a good like like catchy like chorus and you just throw a blast bit after it's like, where does it come from it just doesn't it doesn't go with the song and that's that's the funny. band for me that really have mastered it is flesh god apocalypse especially with the album the king for me like there are blast beats in that album but f- when they're there it's perfect they just yeah. they just time them so well they build up to them so well and it's hard to know it's hard to tell this band when to do it but for me if you want an example of them done right i'm telling you right now Flesh God Apocalypse, and even last year with um, yeah, uh, Septic Flesh, that album was fantastic. Codic, um, whatever it was called, sorry. but Codic Omega. Oh. Codic Omega, uh, just great album. And great a band that really understand it. So with that, Danny, what have you got for us? Well, in the words of Necrophobic, um, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, we were sent and followed the beast. He'll watch the world marvel beneath. In contempt, his wrath is released. Brilliant. I loved it. It was so Satanism. And it's good to return to what I love about metal. And that is not giving a fuck and just saying whatever you want, but also uh, doing it in the most evil way possible. And that was pretty evil. Yeah. 
to get eviler. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And with that, with the end of our show, I don't know if you've stuck around this long. I want you to let us know and just congratulate yourself by giving yourself the most wonderful internet um, experience you can. You know, like seven cheerleaders, or if you're into whatever you want, whatever yeah. you want. You know, maybe just watch a funny cat video a couple of times, <laughs> yeah. or you know, it doesn't have to be porn necessarily. You know, enough about. You know what? What I think you might be doing, probably because what I'll be doing. It's more about what you want, and uh, thanks you for sticking with us this long. It's just crazy. Yeah, sorry for our seriousness on this episode, but you know, when people start taking metal culture. We take it a bit personal. Oh, look! If you just want a joke, just just read "Metal Sucks" metal injection. Oh, <laughs> sick man! Uh, you know, just that's the way it is, though. You know, we we appreciate you guys hanging around, and if let us know what you guys think. If you guys agree with us or not, head over to our Facebook account, facebook.com forward slash bro. That's with a B R O no S. Or, you know, um, head over to our podcast. You know where it is. Um, obviously, you've been checking out soundcloud.com forward slash metal bros. And, uh, yeah, just leave us a like, comment, and just let us know what you guys are thinking and what you guys want us to talk about. And even if you just like the show, you hate the show, you think we're way off the mark, you think we've nailed it, it's all good, Danny. Yeah, no, definitely right. So, thanks for listening again, and uh, enjoy your week. With that, I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. Thank you, guys, for listening, and we will catch you next week.